This is Norm Holy for WFHB, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Chris Kraft. He's in SPIA at IU, and he's going to describe for us how he uses bean blossom bottoms as a classroom. I teach two courses regularly at IU. I teach a wetlands ecology class in the fall and a restoration ecology class in the spring. And our wetlands class uses bean blossom bottoms extensively, and we have for probably the past 10 to 15 years. It's an ideal site. It's probably one of the most intact, highest quality um, wetlands in this part of the state, maybe in most of southern Indiana. But bean blossom is um, sort of moderate growth forested wetland. We go out there. I teach um, students about identifying wetland plant species, the presence of wetland or hydric soils. These are soil properties. Wetland soils have characteristics that are just uniquely different from terrestrial soils. And of course, water is what makes wetlands. Without water, you don't get the soils in the, the hydrophytic or the wetland vegetation. And so we look for sort of um, circumstantial evidence or smoking gun indicators of the presence of water because a, a wetland does not have to have water all year. In fact, a lot of these sites, much of the year, they're dry. So you look for that sort of smoking gun. For example, water marks on trees, crayfish burrows are a good indicator, you know, that the soils are saturated at certain times of the year. We, um, we just were there last week where the class performed as a group a, an assessment of the quality of the wetlands on the site. And Bean blossom's nice in that it's large, it's high quality, and there's a mixture of wetland vegetation. You have forested areas, you have marshy areas. And so the class, so they're comparing sort of the quality of the marsh part of bean blossom versus the forested part. And then in December, when we might have uh, ice in the wetland, uh, we go out again and we do what's called a, a hydrogeomorphic approach to assessing wetland functions. And this is something that the Army Corps of Engineers uses to sort of uh, evaluate different types of wetlands for what sort of functions that benefit um, people that they would provide. And, you know, some of these functions include flood water storage, sediment trapping, water quality improvement, biodiversity, habitat, things like that. And in that particular exercise, we'll compare this older, more mature forested wetland at Bean Blossom with one of the old fields that has revegetated in the past 20 years. It was a field probably about 20 to 25 years ago, a cultivated, probably a cornfield. And when the Sycamore Land Trust acquired the property, of course, they stopped cultivation and started to restore it or to let nature restored and so the we call it a restoration site but the trees are about 20 years old so it allows us to sort of compare a young a grading wetland forest of the equivalent of a, of a restoration project that's been around for 20 years with a mature system which is what you're really aiming for but as you know norm it takes time um to create a mature forest you can add water but it's going to take a little bit more time yeah I, i'm curious what are the what would be the age of the oldest trees in that area? Well, I'm probably not the best person to ask, although I, my guess is they're probably about 60 years old on the mature stand. Um, so it's still got another 40 years of uh, 
of maturing. But as you know, living in the the, the Midwest, uh, the landscape has been dramatically altered over the past couple centuries, and to to find a place like this is really nice. It's my guess is the forest has been cut two times since um since it was virgin forest, you know, 150, 180 years ago. I'm just curious about the the eagle's nest out there. Is that in them? Because eagles, my understanding is that eagles really prefer a mature tree in which to build their nest. Well, these are pretty, you know, for this part of Indiana, these are some of the biggest trees you're going to find. But, but I think what attracts, you find eagles along waterways. They, a lot of their food comes from catching aquatic organisms, fish and things like that. So I think part of it is there may be larger, more mature trees at a place like Morgan Monroe Forest or Yellowwood, but they probably don't have the water and the food that this area bean blossom has. The, the beavers have gotten into this site over the past 10 or 12 years and have dammed up um, some of the waterways. And so bean blossom holds a lot more water now than it used to. And, of course, that's great for, for the birders and the birds, but I also think it's providing more food for the eagles. I mean, do you have an idea how many beaver there are in that in that area? Because I was not aware of any of beaver activity there. Well, you know, I haven't seen them, but over the past 10 or 12 years, the the place, there's there's definitely beaver dams in those ditches because there's ponds forming. The water's being held back, and a lot of the trees are dying. Um, and But that may be a good thing because it creates snags um, that will provide habitat for cavity nesters, good for woodpeckers and I'm not sure where where the if the beaver if the eagle nest is in a live tree or in one of these snags. And to be honest, to go out and find that beaver dam, you better put on some chest waders because I think the water is about six feet deep. Are there wood ducks in there? Because I know they like trees, you know, with hollows in them. I haven't seen them, but this would be ideal habitat for them. And a good time to look would probably be this winter. I would say wintertime visit to there would be a good time to see something like wood ducks because, you know, the leaves are off the trees and you'll be able to see a bit further. But like I said, in 15 years of taking a class out there, there's a lot more surface water in that area than there was then. And I'm I have not seen the beavers, but I would wager you a small bet that that's what's holding the water back. I assume nobody is trapping that area. I assume it's illegal. Well, I think I think so, and I think actually one of my students um, visited Bean Blossom with another class this year, just a week or so ago, and I asked him to. They had a Sycamore Land Trust person out there, and I said, ask them about the beavers. And what they, if they have any sort of management plans. And um, at this point, at least what the student conveyed to me was, is Sycamore Land Trust doesn't have any plans to manage the beavers. And in some ways, they like it because they said it's in, it's increasing the bird habitat. But they also are asking to also inquire about management activities out there because um, I know they do a little bit of spraying for invasive species for reed canary grass. But I think other than that, and, and this is what the student told me, he said, other than that, they're not really managing the property, but they realize that they need to start thinking about that. I see. I mean, you know, the thing about a natural area is you don't want to manage it too much. Right. <laughs>